The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Bully Ray and I talk all about Monday Night Raw. We get into Kevin Owens. And what's next for Kevin Owens? Is he a main event guy in the eyes of the WWE? Also, we get into somebody we know is a main event, and that's Roman Reigns in the bloodline. And then we get into Rhea Ripley and Tazawa right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Bully, quite honestly, I thought that may have been one of the best, if not the best, Raws of 2022 last night. A very good Raw, in my opinion. One of the things that stood out was the thread throughout the show, the thread of the bloodline, the bloodline in the beginning of the show, beating people up in the back, the bloodline in the middle, hitting their finish on the OC, the bloodline um, in the main event. I enjoyed that thread very much, and especially because it's the Usos and a tag team is involved in a thread throughout the show. Um, I also thought, the Rhea stuff was great. The, you know, Rhea versus Tozawa. I'm sure we're going to get into that. You know how I feel about intergender matches and how intergender matches worked 20, 25 years ago, and they can still work today when you have the right players involved. And I thought Tozawa did a phenomenal job last night of featuring Rhea Ripley. Um Once again, last night, I found myself back on the Bailey train. Why? Because Bailey was wrestling by herself in a singles match and doing what I think Bailey does best shine when she's on her own with a very good victory over Becky Lynch last night, who, by the way, I think looks phenomenal. Um, Lots of other great stuff on the show. Sure, we're going to get into as much as we possibly can and talk to the nation about it. And, yeah, and Bushwhacker Luke is going to join us at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, a new book uh, that we're going to talk about with him. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that later on in the show. But let's dive into Monday Night Raw. And right away, I knew it was going to be a special edition of Monday Night Raw, Bully, because how they started last night. And they started with Paul Heyman. And we've talked about it a lot. Enough of the brand split. 
you know, right now it's it's important to have your stars on every show or at least try to have your stars on every show. It just felt more special by seeing Paul Heyman and then see Roman Reigns as well to begin Raw last night. You know how I feel. I've been talking about this since the me and you got together six years ago. I am not a fan of the brand split. Um, it, that's just me. I never thought it truly worked, except in its inaugural year, you know, w- way back when in 2003-ish or whatever it was. I'm a, a big believer of the all hands on deck. It was great to see Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns opening up Monday Night Raw, as I said, the thread of the bloodline, probably um, the most credible group in the WWE, probably the most interesting act in the WWE right now. I want to see more of that on Raw. We are in agreement that Raw needs help. SmackDown feels like it's got more firepower, more star power. Love seeing the champ on Raw. Want to see more of him on Raw. Hell, would love to see Roman wrestle on Raw. So, yep, I agree with you on that one. And, you know, you, we saw SmackDown this past Friday where, you know, Cena wasn't in attendance, but he was on the Jumbotron. And they announced that tag match that we're going to see on December 30th, next Friday on SmackDown. And that's a significant match. I mean, we're going to see John Cena back in the ring with Kevin Owens and with, with Reigns and Sami Zayn. So when you make an announcement like that, why not have that carry over to Monday Night Raw? You know, why not make sure that that's as big as it possibly can be next week, especially Bully when next week's Raw is going to be a, a best-of type of show. Let's get that star power. Let's make sure that they know about this match. Let's promote it as much as humanly possible because I really feel as we get into 2023, hopefully we're going to see a lot more of John Cena and maybe even a bigger star when we get closer to WrestleMania. You know, Dave, you talked about Kevin Owens. And as I watch Kevin Owens week by week since he's come back, I honestly believe that they are on the cusp of something with Kevin. Anything that Kevin does, he puts 110% into. And we've seen him in some of the biggest roles you could possibly have for a guy that's never been to the absolute mountaintop, i.e., a, a a John Cena, uh, a Roman Reigns, guys like that. He's been close. There have been times where I feel and, and, like, like he's almost there, but he wasn't quite there. Yeah. Correct. And look at what they've done with Owens. Owens headbutting Vince McMahon and busting him open. Owens main eventing night one of WrestleMania, uh, was it last year, against uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I believe that there are a couple of creative segments away from getting Kevin over the top. Do I think Kevin Owens can be the next Stone Cold Steve Austin? I'm not saying that, but Kevin is very much the common man, just like uh, Dusty was the common man or Steve Austin was the common man. You know, Steve wearing, you know, the jorts and the, you know, and the vest and the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the boots and, you know, flipping off his boss and just drinking a beer, you know, Kevin doesn't look like Randy Randy Orton. Kevin looks like the everyday fan that's in attendance that people can relate to. So 
I think there are a, a couple of good segments of really getting him over the top and making him into something special. Yeah, you know, if when you look back at Kevin Owens in the WWE and you're right about the Stone Cold WrestleMania moment, probably the biggest moment of his, of his career, and there's definitely been some carryover from that because that was less than a year ago. It was just his past WrestleMania when that happened, Bully. But you look at, and there's some significant moments. You know, the match with John Cena when he first came to the main roster. Uh, you just said about headbutting uh, Vince McMahon and busting him open. But there wasn't the follow-up. And I think the biggest thing, and we've talked about this a lot on this show, to me, one of the better storylines that we've seen on Monday Night Raw in the last 15 years, to me, was the Festival of Friendship with Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. You know, the Universal Championship was a part of that story, and they were getting closer and closer to WrestleMania. I said that the main event for WrestleMania that year, WrestleMania 33, should have been Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho for the Universal Championship. That was the biggest story going into that year's WrestleMania. But just before WrestleMania, Goldberg came back, and they they completely took a right turn. They had Goldberg beat Kevin Owens for that Universal Championship, and then Owens and Jericho kind of like died on the vine. It became the second match at WrestleMania. And if you remember, they had that big documentary on the WWE Network where Vince McMahon was extremely unhappy with Kevin Owens' performance at WrestleMania that year. And I think since that moment, Bully, you know, in a lot of ways and a lot of time in his career, he's kind of been treading water. And I think now might be his time to shine, especially after what we saw this past WrestleMania, and especially right now with the Bloodline story. And just so you know, sometimes when you leave a, leave a bad taste in Vince's mouth, it lasts for a while, and he didn't forget. Remember, during that time, it was Vince's decision and strictly Vince's decision. It's very hard to change Vince's mind. And if Vince thinks you had a poor performance at WrestleMania, it's probably going to sit with him for a while. Um I just think that they're really close with Kevin. There's just something. Is there that beer truck moment with Kevin Owens? Is there that one huge moment where they can get Kevin over the top? We've seen a lot of things like Kevin jumping off the top of the, you know, the, the cage a la Mick Foley or all of the things that Kevin has done. And, and one of the things that Kevin does really well is he turns in great matches every time he's out there gives gives it his all i never see kevin owens uh phoning it in or taking a day off not that i really see other superstars doing that i just see kevin going above and beyond the call of duty every time he's out there does kevin owens necessarily uh, have to take um, uh, uh, a dive to the floor and miss? Probably not, but he's doing these things. So you, you spoke about Kevin. It triggered a thought that I had been thinking for a while, especially after last night. So let's see what happens with Kevin. Maybe can they get him, get him over, get him over the top. Well, I, I think another thing that's hurt Kevin Owens too, bully is that they've changed his character so many times. Like, you know, how many times have we seen him go from babyface to heel, heel to babyface? That's happened a lot with Kevin Owens. And honestly, right now, 
I still feel like there might be a chance that they can turn him. Now, he could be the next opponent. He's going to be the next opponent for Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns needs somebody to get into the ring with. And we don't see Roman Reigns in the ring in a singles match defending that championship quite often. And I think Kevin Owens is going to be that person. But is that just filler? For Roman Reigns as we get closer to WrestleMania? Because I don't want that either. If he's just going to be an opponent for Roman Reigns, for Roman to beat, then what happens to Kevin Owens after that? They might not be concerned about Kevin Owens after that because Kevin figures out a way to keep himself relevant. And they figure out a way to keep Kevin relevant. And if he is filler, I think he's real strong filler for Roman Reigns on the way to WrestleMania. So I think think I think Kevin's in a good position. Kevin's always been in a pretty good position. When we talk about follow-up, I probably would have followed up a lot stronger with Kevin Owens than they did post-WrestleMania. I mean, you go from main eventing night one to Steve Austin to being involved in, you know, lie detector tests with uh, Ezekiel. And, um, you know, Chad Gable and and Otis and all this stuff, you know, did he make it entertaining? Absolutely. But is it the position I want to see a top performer in right after one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time with Steve Austin? Probably not. They should have piggybacked that into making Kevin Owens a bigger star. And I like what Kevin Owens did last night, Bully, with Seth Rollins, because usually, and we talk about it all the time, usually in the WWE, let's see, WrestleMania was back in April, right? So that's like seven months ago. Seven months is an eternity, you know, for the world of the WWE. So you see Seth and Kevin Owens and, you know, Seth asking for Kevin Owens' help. And you know what? If this was a couple of years ago or even a year ago, that would have been fine. They would have continued the story. I love the fact that Kevin Owens called out the fact that, well, wait a second here. You were the guy that was trying to take my WrestleMania moment away from me. Like, and Seth was like, what are you talking about? And he reminded, and it, it's, it's not like that happened seven years ago. That was seven months ago. But in the world of the WWE, and you probably would agree with this, Bully. If that was a year ago, they probably even have went back and even acknowledged that fact. I'm glad that they did that. Again, it's the small things of dotting those I's and crossing those T's that really the, the fans appreciate. And I appreciated that moment last night on Raw. I agree, especially when they bring stuff forward from a while ago, when yes. they remind you of what happened a while ago. Because for the longest time, the, no, the the WWE was notorious for just once it's done, it's done and over with, and we, we don't talk about it anymore. I like it when we go back in history. One of the things that has recently happened with my career over in Impact is I've had to remind people of what happened from 10 years ago. But when you do remind people of what happened in the past, it lends credibility to what you're doing right now. So much like you enjoyed that little uh, little snippet last night, so did I. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. 
to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchitz. Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchitz's Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. But let's get into the bloodline, Bully, because the bloodline started the show, ended the show last night. And one of the things that I liked about Raw, and we've been seeing it little by little uh, on Raw currently in the WWE, is a thread throughout the show giving you a reason to stick around and watch all three hours of Monday Night Raw. When you have stars, and I do mean stars like a Paul Heyman, a Roman Reigns, and the Usos, and I'll even throw in a Kevin Owens, that's a reason to stick and stay. And I think they got away from it, Bully, for a little while, and it was a disaster for the for Monday Night Raw. Just a, a week or two ago, we, got, we started to have that trend again where they didn't have the thread throughout the show, and it got to the where people were tuning in. And as the show went on, the viewership decreased. When you do shows like last night, People are going to stick and stay and watch the entire show. How do soap operas manage to stay on TV and relevant five days a week and 20 to 30 years at a clip? Because every time they start a new episode of a soap opera, they open the book and they give you a thread throughout the show. They thread each show, so they're picking up from what happened last time. They're moving you forward. They're leaving you with a cliffhanger. If you remember back in the day when, the, you know, the Attitude Era or when, when Nitro was hitting on all cylinders, shows would open up and have threads throughout. So let's just take a Monday Night Raw, for instance, where they would open up the show with, let's say, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then Triple H would interrupt. And by the time you got to the end of the, the opening segment, there was a brawl that ensued or, or, or there was going to be a match. And then in the middle of the show, you saw Triple H in his locker room and Steve in his locker room and maybe an interview segment and then a run-in with maybe somebody backstage. And then eventually we get to the main event. A beginning, a middle, and an end. Every good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Every good song has a good beginning, middle, and an end. And last night, that's what we got with Raw and the Bloodline. A good thread that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And hopefully, fans of the Bloodline, fans that don't get to see the Bloodline on Monday Night Raw, enjoyed that also, and it made them stick around and want to watch the whole show to see the eventual payoff of Seth Rollins in his hometown, teaming with an unlikely partner against the heel Bloodline, who'd been wreaking havoc during the entire show. And they're stars. Let's face it. What we saw in that main event was 
uh, a match full of stars. And as you were explaining that, Bully, it got me thinking about the time of the Attitude Era. When you would see a Stone Cold Steve Austin in the building, and then you knew, all right, at some point on this show, Stone Cold is going to come out. So you had to stay around to be able to see Stone Cold come out in front of that audience. That's kind of how I felt last night with the Bloodline. I think at this point, the Bloodline are are big enough stars, Bully. When you notice that they're in the back and they're on the show, you're going to watch that show because you know at some point they're going to be involved in the match. I think the WWE has done a great job of building up the Bloodline where they are stars. We talk about it, Bully, all the time. The one knock on the WWE for quite some time is they weren't building stars. And when we talked about stars, we talked about the Stone Colds and the Rocks and the Cenas. And we've said it. Like, the WWE, they don't want anybody bigger than the brand of the WWE. And they weren't building stars. I really think right now they're learning their lesson a little bit where, hey, we do need star power. We do need stars. And I think the biggest evidence of that was that main event last night. I don't think the WWE is in any danger of ever creating another Cena, Stone Cold, Rock uh, again. I don't think anybody is close to that. Is Roman close to that? I mean, he's as close as anybody is going to get. Is Charlotte close to that? And she's as close as anybody's going to get. But I don't think any one particular name will ever be bigger than the company the way a Stone Cold, a Rock, or a Hulk Hogan used to be back in the day. But yes, I agree with you. They need star powers. They need heavy hitters. They need must-see talent. And when I say must-see, that means must-see on television, must-see at live events. Guys and gals that you have to go out of your way to pay to see and want to see. Especially, and, and I'm especially happy when it happens with a tag team. And I think that the Usos are a very deserving tag team of all of this television time. I love what Jimmy and Jay are doing. I think Solo is adding a lot to the mix. Yes. Sami Zayn is highly entertaining. Huge win for Sami last night, by the way, over AJ Styles. I don't see any holes in the bloodline right now. I think everything is well thought out, well executed. And the bloodline has the benefit of having somebody by their side. Uh, Paul Heyman, a guy that will think about every last thing that's going on every time you see the bloodline out there. And he will look for the holes. He will look for the what ifs. He will look for the whys. And then you plug those holes. So this way, when we're coming on this show, how often are we talking about the bloodline making an error with this, or I wish they would have done this, or, you know, it would have been so much better if they did that. Everything I see with them is well thought out. I don't think we've ever done that. I don't think we've ever done it, Bully. Uh, That's because they have. Listen, you have all of these guys thinking about the act. Listen, there might be sometimes uh, a time where something doesn't make sense and Solo might step up and go, hey, but what if we do this? Meaning you got Jimmy, you got Jay, you got Solo, you got Sammy, you got Paul, and you got Roman. You have that many eyes and ears on any one particular moment of the show, making sure that everything makes sense. 
with the number one guy I could possibly want by my side thinking about it and Paul Hank. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. We have spoken a lot on this show, and I'm talking going back a while. Um, we've talked about where you want to see, in the, especially in the WWE, intergender wrestling. We have seen it outside of the WWE, but we haven't. And we've talked about it, I remember years ago, about Charlotte, where she was good enough where she could get into the ring with a Seth Rollins. And then a couple of months ago, we saw Rhea Ripley body slam uh, Carl Anderson. I want to go back to a clip from our show just a couple of months ago right here on Busted Open. You've been somebody that for years on this show has been talking about, let's do a little bit more intergender wrestling. Why not have Rhea Ripley in a match? I'll buy in. Now is the perfect time to go there, Bully. I'd love to see the build. And I think that they would have to build this up in a way where Rhea was taking it to a lot of the men where eventually the match would be justified to have. But I wouldn't have Rhea Ripley body slamming guys anymore. I would have her doing scummy things to them, clotheslining them in the back of the head, pushing them into the post, things that are not going to get cheered because even if you hate Rhea Ripley and you see Rhea Ripley slam a 300 pound man, you're going to pop for it. It's just human nature. Keep an ear open for her, but be very careful about the physicality because you have her slamming guys every single week. You know, what will happen to her overnight, right, Dave? Uh, She's going to be the biggest baby face on the roster. There you go. And bully. I was thinking of those words last night when we saw Rhea Ripley in the ring with Tazawa, she called him out. Tazawa got into the ring and it was perfectly played because I think you would agree bully that Tazawa is getting some good fan reactions. Once we've gotten him away from the 24 seven championship and all that silliness, the fans have really been reacting to to Tazawa. They love him. I disagree. I I think it's the 24 seven stuff and the silliness that laid the foundation for the people to enjoy 
Tozawa out there. I thought Tozawa shined in the 24-7 stuff. I thought he was as entertaining as Truth ever was. Tozawa did a great job. He, he did a great job with Tamina. This is where, like, you know, people want to talk about, and I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I, I have I want to set the table here for the Tozawa conversation. Mm-hmm. This is where, like, people, oh, the 24-7 thing sucked. You know, it's useless. It's this and that. It might not be everybody's cup of tea, but some people could use things like that segment like that to actually get over in the fans' eyes. I could give a shit less about Tozawa on 205 Live or any of those things. I know Tozawa can do all of that stuff. I know he's a good wrestler. I know he's extremely talented in the ring. And I'm sure if I watched Tozawa versus Ricochet, I'd be like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then I wouldn't give a shit about Tozawa again because all of the moves were done and all the dives were done and triple Lindy's were done. Big deal. But watching him interact with Tamina and the way he gets wide-eyed and his expressions and the way he reacted and the way he did things during the 24-7 thing is why I actually care about Tozawa now. He took his five minutes and he utilized it. I'm not talking about the five minutes last night. I'm talking about the five minutes he got during the 24-7 run. Now I'm I'm I I know who Tozawa is. I'm aware of him. I I I'm entertained by him. Now I care about him. Ah, that word again, care. I care about him when he's involved in this Rhea angle. So I don't think that getting him away from the you know you said getting him away from the silliness of that twenty four seven. I think that twenty four seven time actually helped Tozawa. Well, I, I agree with you that he did the most with that time, probably more than anybody, uh, that's for sure. But he's getting a strong reaction. And we talked it, as that clip said a couple months ago, about her body slamming, you know, uh, Luke Gallows. And it was a big deal. And you're right. Like, it got a pop from the crowd. And actually, some of the stuff we saw from Rhea last night got a pop from the crowd. But I think Tazawa's that really good first person to put her in the ring with. Now, having done that, Bully, I would hope and that they do that again. Do you think that that's going to lead to Rhea Ripley getting in the ring maybe more with men on Raw? I, I wouldn't mind it at all. If you have the right woman, China had the right look. And they trained her more and more on the fly. Yes, she was broken in. I I believe she was broken in by Kowalski, you know, by Killer. Right, Dave? Yes. Okay. But China wasn't the most accomplished wrestler in the world, but she can throw a hell of a clothesline and a body slam. And the stuff she did, she did well enough. And then you get in the ring with, like, the Jerichos of the world who can feature you and you look like you belong. Rhea is much more of an accomplished pro wrestler, trained pro wrestler oh, yeah. than China ever was. But Rhea has that same look, same stature. So now when I see Rhea in there defeating men, it makes her more credible to me. Am I saying you put Rhea Ripley in there with, um, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, Roman? No, absolutely not. But you can put her in there with the undersized guys or guys that she's bigger than all day long. However, 
it's probably going to get her over. The WWE Universe likes Rhea Ripley. They like her for what she did in NXT. They like her for the WrestleMania match that she had uh, against Charlotte Flair. They know she's a good wrestler. She's got a hell... I love Rhea Ripley's look. Um, I think what she's doing now with Dominic is really entertaining. So I think there's a large portion of the fan base, especially as we heard last night, that's going to want to get behind her. But I enjoyed watching her wrestle And I think... In wrestling today, sports entertainment today, the art form that this is, the right women with the right men. Like, I I remember something that happened that I completely disagreed with, Dave. If you go back to All In, okay? Go Mm -hmm. back to the, uh, the, the, the Battle Royal at All In, okay? The best Battle Royal ever booked. Whoever booked that Battle Royal was an absolute genius of a booker. And and all all kidding aside, it it probably was one of the best battle royals. I'm being honest with that one. Thank you. Um, but we saw Jordan Grace and Brian Cage towards the uh, during the match doing things. Now Jordan Grace, very powerful woman, right? Yes. Jordan Grace, you know, power lifter, looks good. Can, you know, we know that she can, you know, do a lot a lot of this heavy lifting. But Brian Cage is a 295-pound mountain of a man. I, I, it's beyond the realm of believability for me to see Jordan Grace throwing around a Brian Cage, despite the fact that I know Jordan Grace is a strong woman. It's just not happening. When I see Rhea Ripley manhandling Tazawa, absolutely. And, and definitely the sto- can see it. And the story's there, Bully, for us to get Rhea Ripley in the ring with Rey Mysterio. I mean, how great would that match be between those two, especially that the story that they're telling with Dominic? Uh, I, if they, they have to go about it the right way, though, Rhea has to have heat going into it. Because if not, and the people are behind Rhea, then you're going to have 50% of that audience that might want to see Rhea defeat Ray. I mean, that's going to happen anyway, just because this is something that you're not used to seeing in the world of the WWE. So just that specialness of it is going to get people to get behind Rhea, at least a portion of the audience. Was China the intercontinental champion? Yes. Why couldn't China be the intercontinental champion 20 years ago, however long ago it was, but a Rhea Ripley or a Charlotte Flair can't? I don't see any reason why they couldn't. I mean, especially now. Who was a better wrestler, China or Charlotte Flair? Oh, Oh, Charlotte Flair. Who's a better wrestler, China or Rhea Ripley? Rhea Ripley. So then why can't we build up these women to be the equivalent of what a China was? And I'm so tired of hearing, oh, well, it's a different time. What, 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 what's so different? If it's a wrestling match, I'm not talking about men punching women in the face. 
No, we didn't, and we didn't see that last night at all. I mean, really, the only offense that Tazawa got was the Rana on Rhea that that threw her out of the ring. That was pretty much the only move. offense. Yeah, that's a wrestling. I'm not talking about gratuitous violence towards women. And listen, you're talking to the number one guy in wrestling who has done violence to women. No man in this business ever has put their hands on more women in wrestling than me but it's always come off the right way because it's in the scope of sports entertainment and the art form that we do. Yes or no? Yes. You never see me drill a woman in the face with a fist, no, right? No. You see me power bomb old ladies off stages through tables. We have seen that. And it was okay. And it's a beloved memory, if anything else, right? So why can't we build these women up? There's no good reason for me because women like Charlotte and Rhea to me, are the right women. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 